All right. Welcome, Emma. I'm so excited to have you on today's podcast. I am so thrilled to be here. I've been so excited for this conversation. I feel like I've been waiting for so long and like <laughs> lurking in the shadows, hoping to have this conversation. So I am so glad that you, if we figured out, I don't, I don't remember US, I don't know. I think I probably asked because I'm the, I'm an engagement person. That's what I do. I just go out and ask because why not? What is there to lose? So I'm so thrilled to be here. Well, thank you for your patience. I think you even asked like before my maternity leave and I was going on maternity leave and it's been like, <laughs> it's now fall. It's been months. So hey, it's okay. We made it. We made yeah. it. Yeah. Thanks for being patient. Of course. Thank you for accepting my crazy and Absolutely. being like, this girl's in my DMs. Yeah. Let's get her on. Why not? <laughs> oh, for sure. I was like, everyone's going to love her. Like her branding is amazing. Aww. Her personality is amazing and everyone's going to love this conversation today because I know for me and my audience and my students, they are always asking about engagement. And so I think they're just going to love this. But before we get into no that- no one freaking understands it. So I love <laughs> having these conversations. Oh my gosh. And even when you tell them, they're like, yeah, but I don't know what to say. And I'm like, I swear there's just like something disconnected in the brain that like the word engagement just like breaks people. Yes. And they're like, so I'm selling. I'm like, no, you're being a human. <laughs> It's You're really not that hard. Talking. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. So tell everyone about you, your business, your journey. How'd you get started? Yes. And then how'd you get where you are today? Um, so I run a team of six people now. So we are a full-fledged agency. Um, I do have my own clients. That's a question that I get a lot. Um, I still do engagement every single day for clients on top of everything that I do, which is crazy. And everyone is like, Emma, you need to stop doing it. I'm like, I know, but I also love it. And like, I love my clients that I have. So for now we're going to keep embracing the crazy. Um, but we serve 30 plus people every month. Most people stay with us. I like to say four to nine months. We do have people that stay with us upwards of a year and we always wow. have people that come back. They're like, I thought I could do this on my own. Just kidding. I can't. Can you take me? And we're like, welcome back, baby. We knew it was going to happen. Right? Um, how I got started. It's actually such a funny little thing. So I kind of started freelancing when I was in high school, not really paid gigs, but I kind of knew what I was doing because Instagram came out when I was in seventh grade, which is so weird to think that like, right. I am, I am not that much older than Instagram. Um, I was in seventh grade when Instagram came out. And so I genuinely grew up with it. Um, and I got started particularly with engagement when someone who owned a tanning salon that I went to said, can you do this thing where you log into my account and you just like, like people's photos and comment and get them to follow me? And I was like, mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. And I think I was in college. And so she was like, I'll pay you $15 an hour. And I was like, you mean I, you're going to pay me $15 an hour to talk to people on Instagram? Absolutely. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I will take your money. And then I got really, really good at it. And so- I quit my job in January of 2020, not knowing what was coming. Um, and at that time I was working four jobs. Um, I was teaching spin classes almost full-time, not making full-time money, but basically yeah. full-time schedule. Um, I was working the front desk at the gym that I taught at and I was hostessing and I was trying to get this off the ground. And then I started thinking I was going to be working with influencers because I didn't know how far I could take this. Mm -hmm. And so I started being booked out like months in advance. But the crazy thing was I was only doing one week contracts, which was bonkers. So people would what? come to me. 
Yeah. So people would come to me and my job would be to help them get more followers. That was really the only focus. And it wasn't until like a year later that Right Hand Glam as it is now was born with all of our backend tracking and strategy. Like for so long, we were there to help you gain more followers. And at the time, like that was the name of the game because exactly. Matter so much more, even just, you know, three, four years ago. So yeah. now after m- many business coaching ventures and, um, you know, making the right investments in the right people and getting the right support and even being hired by the right people who were willing to teach me as I went along, um, we ended up where we are now, which is where we are doing fully data-driven engagement where we focus on building authentic relationships, organically growing our clients, following, increasing brand awareness, and what we call converting conversations to cash. Um, So really getting people as far as we can in that process. Um, I always say to people, listen, you need to come in knowing that I cannot get anybody to swipe a credit card, but I can get them pretty damn close to that. And whether or not they actually do is up to you. So I always caution people i would say that um if you are thinking about hiring an engagement strategist if you are thinking about becoming an engagement strategist make sure that you set those expectations from the get-go um you are not a magic pill you are not a band-aid and you cannot reach through the phone and put a credit card in someone's hand and make them do the thing right oh like my they're gosh just, yes theirs. and so your success cannot only be measured as an engagement strategist or if you are someone who is hiring an engagement strategist you cannot measure the success solely by the number of things that they've booked because mm-hmm. we have seen that the longer people stay with us the more conversions they actually see down the line i always say that my yep. favorite response to get from someone is maybe later because right now as we are heading into the last part of the year and things are really amping up in terms of sales, we can now go back to people who gave us a maybe later in Q1 and be like, hey, it's maybe later. Do you want to talk about this? And a lot of the time they are ready. But if you are not working with an engagement strategist long-term, that means you have to remember to go back through that data. And let's be real, you're not going to do it. (laughs) So you have to think long-term when you're working with an engagement strategist. And, you know, if no conversions happen in the first three months, that's not necessarily a bad thing. It just means that those relationships are still being built. Yes. Oh my God. Okay. So I've like taken like a whole page of notes over here because I don't want to miss anything. (laughs) So first of all, I want to go back because I also have an agency and I started my agency in 2016 and I'm the CEO and we have, you know, whatever clients team. But I still have one client that I've kept because I'm like, I love him. He's my yeah, favorite. So <laughs> yes, I'm never leaving. Um, and so I think it's funny because everyone's like, why? Like, why? Why are you? Why because are it you brings keeping- me joy. And I want to make yes. sure that I keep doing the things that bring me joy. And it's not all about scaling and making the money. It's about yeah. what brings you joy every day. And he is like the golden child of clients. Like he leaves me alone. He lets me do my job. He takes my input. He is like the most magical client. Isn't it amazing when your client actually listens to you because they hired you to be an expert? Yes. Yes. It's, it's amazing too, because I, so me and one of the people on my team, we partner together to do his project work because she's like Mm -hmm. a system person and I'm not. Um, but if I suggest something or she suggests it, he's like so on board and so like willing and cooperative and just amazing. And it's just like, yes. So I, I've kept I love hearing too. that it's a man too. Yeah. Funny enough, our agency <laughs> is for wedding professionals and we ended up having a whole male roster at one point and we've helped wow. like more men than women. 
but it's been amazing. That's fascinating. Isn't it? I know. My marketing was like full pink, everything. All men. And they just came. They flocked. They flocked to the pink. And honestly, it's been weird because they're the easiest to work with. The most like, yeah, hand it over, let you do it. They turn Mm -hmm. in their work and they're the highest paying clients I've ever had. It's mind blowing. Which is so funny too, because I get so many people um, on intake forms. We have, we say like, who do you absolutely not want to work with? And so many people say like straight white men. And I'm like, yes, says pop off. I totally get that. Um, yeah. So it's fascinating to hear that you have had the opposite experience because you are probably the first person in this space that I've talked to that has said that. And oddly enough too, every single man we've ever worked with has been a man of color. Maybe that's it. <laughs> Maybe that's it. I don't know, but maybe it's just the white boys that are a pain in the ass. (laughs) I mean, my husband's brown, so maybe. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Okay, now let's get into this this topic of conversations, engagement, because I teach a strategy. It's a 5C strategy. We help women get to six figures and it's content, conversations, community, clients, and cash because we know Mm. those are the five Cs you need to make six figures. And what we talk about is your client cycle because it typically takes three to nine months for somebody to convert. And so I tell my girls all the time, like, you planted a seed yesterday. Why are you expecting a flower? So why, like in three months, a three month client cycle is really fast to be honest, right? So especially now. So we, with people talk about how much data do you have? When someone says, you know, how quickly am I going to see convergence? I I always say, how much data do you have? And we look at things like abandoned carts, previous masterclasses, previous clients, um, you know, just people who are regularly engaging with your content, people who may have invested in a, another part of your business, a lower ticket part that can now be funneled into a higher ticket part. Yeah. I know I started with a client in February and she's still with me. Um, and she tells me all the time, she's like, I don't know how I ever did this without you. Mm-hmm. Um, and the very first thing we did, cause she, most of her business is on VIP days. The very first thing we did was go through and re-engage everyone who did a VIP day with her last year yes. and check in on them. Just a simple check-in. How, yep. how are you doing? Most people she hadn't talked to since then. So it was like, have we really not talked since our your VIP day? Like how have things been going? We got multiple people to rebook. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Like those are always going to be the people that resign too, because you've already built the relationship. Like those are the easiest exactly. sales and which is why you should have a funnel, right? Or some kind of upsell, downsell because your clients will do your thing, your offer, and then and then what? You're just going to let them go when they would right. happily resign with you into something else. That was exactly. one of the questions I have too is when you get clients, do you manage what their offer looks like? And the reason I ask is because I'm a group coach specialist. I help people build mm-hmm. group coaching offers. But I'm a firm believer that no matter how good your content and conversations are, if you don't have a good offer and then it's also backed with the other things, that's not going to convert either. So do you make sure that they have a specific – like things in their offer? With some people, I will, because I try to make sure that there is a boundary of like, I'm here to be your engagement strategist, not your business therapist slash business coach. If yeah. you would like that from me, we can have that discussion. <laughs> right. Um, we do try to make sure that people fully understand where an offer may or may not be working. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I have one client. I love her dearly. She's the best. And I, she was a repeat client who has come back to me after a long time. And now she's been with me for a long time. She just launches all the time. And then I don't know about it. And then she's like, Hey, I'm launching. And I'm like, great, cool. Didn't know you were adding this to the product suite. But for her, because I know the rest of her suite, I know how to send people in different directions. Mm -hmm. Um, we try to be really candid about people who want to do too many things. Um, so for people who work with us on our three day a week package, um, we, you know, sometimes they might want to do three different things. And I'm like, well, if you do three different things, that means only one day per month or per week, we're working Mm -hmm. on something, which means only four days a month, we're touching the people that are related to that thing. So that's not going to work. So we try to take it more of a strategy perspective, how we can make the most out of your offers for our VIP Mm -hmm. days. That's where we do a little bit more of what we call idiot proofing your offer. So we can make sure that the offer is easily communicated to someone because we have seen every stupid question under the sun. All consumers are stupid. I'm stupid. We're all stupid, right? And we all have dumb questions. Even though all the questions are answered in the sales page most of the time, we all have dumb questions. And so one of the things I really like to do in our VIP days, but also in our onboarding is is what we call idiot-proofing the product suite. So we will poke holes in all of the things that our client says to us, we will never just take a web page or a sales page. I'm like, you need to sit here and talk to me like I'm a 12 year old boy who has yeah. no clue what any of this is. So that way I can tell you how to better explain it. And then in turn, my team will know better how to explain it. Yes. Because we absolutely. just get so caught up in our own offers because we're looking, mm-hmm. it's like when you're like looking at yourself in the mirror all the time and you're like, I'm ugly, right? Cause like <laughs> you look at you all the time. Yes. It's, it's the same thing with your offers. Like you look at them and you become so accustomed to them that you can't see them from an outside point of view. Yes. And so when you have someone like us comes in, who comes in and we are constantly talking to people, we are literally in the business of talking to people. We know the kinds of things people are going to ask. So exactly. we are absolutely there to help you better communicate your product suite. Mm-hmm. I'll say that sometimes like we're like, hey, like, have you thought about it? You know, a downsell or an upsell um, if we yeah. see they're doing really well and that jazzes them. I'm never going to force somebody to do something they don't want to mm-hmm. do. So I think it really does depend person to person and where they are at in their business. We work yeah. with people who have just hit their first 5K month and we work with people who have massive backend funnels and big teams and, you know, are making seven figures. We work with people on all ends of the spectrum. So that's why I think it's, it's so different. And there's not like a super clear answer to that question. Oh, for sure too. And I think too, like with your offer, kind of like you were saying, you don't actually see, or you're not communicating that, especially in a sales page, because I'll have people come to me and I'll, coach with them. And I'm like, this is amazing. Why, why don't I know this about you? Why is this not on the internet? Why is this not in your content? Right. Why? Like no one knows this about you or how amazing you are, or all the things, you know, or you do, or you're good at because you're not communicating that. Um, but again, you, you don't know that until you get in with a coach or someone else to see that. So exactly this, this is like so good because I think so many people have so many questions about engagement. And I think there's things that you need to have in play in order for engagement to convert. I I truly Mm -hmm. believe that. But I also know the industry has massively, massively shifted recently. Yes. And so people's questions and and our clients' questions are, what do I say? How do I engage? Because I think there's this fear that of rejection or like people are going to think I'm salesy or selling to them when we're business owners. Like, There is nothing that gets under my skin more than that conversation because you are literally running a business. You are 
running a business to make money. Yes, we talk about all of the beautiful things that come along with running your own business, the freedom, mm -hmm. the flexibility, but at the end of the day, you are here to make money. Mm -hmm. So however this rule came about that we're not supposed to sell, it's like when Threads launched and everyone was like, we are not no selling. selling in this oh space. My First God. of all, who made that rule? Second of all, it's my fucking platform and I'm gonna do whatever I want with it. Not to mention like, Threads now is like dead, like no one's on it because, and I think I that's don't part even of know it. When I opened it last. I think that's part of it because as a business owner, you have limited time. It needs to be sent, spent doing money making activities. And if you can't make money on Threads, why are you on it? <laughs> why are you on it? And I will also say that the work that I do and the way that I do it, I get people that thank us for mm. how we word pitches. Yep. And I, I think we think that people think they're afraid of being sold to. But I have mm -hmm. a client who we're using very direct sales language. My favorite. And it's to average Joes and Janes, people who are in corporate nine to five. She's a nine to five career coach. Mm -hmm. And those people have no problem being sold to because guess what? Yep. If they don't want it, they're just gonna leave you on red. And exactly. we have it in our heads that people are gonna like blacklist us for selling to them. Like, yes, it's gross if you followed someone yesterday and like you pitch them. However, on the flip side, I will say I followed someone who is a fairly big name and she was like, I'm looking for someone who does, you know, LinkedIn something or other who does this. And I was like, actually, like, this is kind of like what we do. And she was like, tell me more. And she signed the next day. Exactly. We did not follow each other. At, we, yes. we literally did not follow each other. Yeah. I think there's this difference between like, hey, girl, like love your content. Do you want to buy? Right. Like you don't love my content, right? Like right. don't – for me, it's like don't sugarcoat it. But I hate this too because we're business owners and not only is it your job to sell and make money, but as a consumer on the opposite end, especially if you're like coaches who help coaches or service providers or what, like you're also a business. And so what I yes. have could change your life and what you have could change mine. And if we have a conversation, we could decide. And then if it doesn't feel good for someone, you could just say no, because we're grown adults who can say no, right? But yes. instead it's this whole thing of like, oh my God, you're gonna sell to me? Like, yes. I am because that's what businesses do. And you wouldn't be offended by any other business or probably man who did it. Bingo. Bingo. What? Also, we are being sold to all the time, even if we don't know it. Like exactly. One of my like it's a content strategy that I'm trying out and I'm loving. Um, and my business coach introduced me to it. And it's what all of the the big name gurus who have been in the game forever are doing. Thanks. Natalie from Boss Babe, Jenna Kutcher. Marie Forley, they're all doing it. And it's this storytelling content with a yep. comment, a word, and you get the, you know, automation, except I don't do an automation because I like actually talking to my people. And like, I get it. They're like so high volume. They could never they do that on their to. own. They don't have to. Exactly. Um, I, you know, have to do it. I mm -hmm. only have 4,000 followers. That's fine. Um, and getting people onto their email list. And guess what? The second you're on that email list, you are going to be sold to. So it's just oh, being for sold sure. to in a different way. And what's so fascinating to me is that people have no problem being sold to in an email but they don't like being sold to in the their DM. Like it, what? It's weird to me You too get to actually talk to the person if you're on Instagram in the DMs. Right? 
And I tell them too, like, it's me. Like, you're not even talking to my team. You're like literally talking to you're me. You're literally talking to me. And so um, I, that's one of my favorite things too. People will message us on Right Hand Glam. And I'm the only one that's in the account. Chloe takes over the stories on Tuesdays. Chloe's our full-time employee, our director of strategy. Um, but like, they'll be like, hi, Emma and team. Like, not sure if this is Emma. And I'm like, no, nobody else has the login. Like, it's, it's always going to be me. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that, um, like for me, I do bundles collaborations and we always ask for people's Instagrams and people will like straight up, not give it to us, but like sit on my email list for three years. And I sell two, four times a week on email. Like you probably get me selling to you less on Instagram. You get like behind the scenes, my real life, like really get to know me. Yeah. On email, I'm going to tell you stories and whatever, but I'm going to sell to you every single week. The logic is so flawed. Just give your Instagram over. It's like, not a secret. I don't understand whatsoever. It, it will never make Mind sense blowing. to me. Right. Okay. So I have this thing where I call it um, with engagement, I call it direct versus coddling. And I think people want to be coddled mm. and I like to be direct. Um, and yes. so I'm, I feel like I'm really bad at engagement because I'm a super direct person, which sometimes has paid off, but sometimes hasn't. But I don't enjoy small talk or coddling. So for- mm-hmm. For you, I do do a mix of both. What does this look like for you? So we leave it entirely up to the client. Mm-hmm. Um, for the most part, we will recommend. So we call it the bold approach versus mm-hmm. the long term service provider coddling that you have to do. Let's be real. It's always service providers that need the coddling because they are the ones that have been told for some reason that we shouldn't be selling to each other. So, for example, I just finished up a masterclass funnel with a client. Here, we were very direct. We went to every single person that liked every single piece of content about the masterclass. We messaged them directly. Hey, saw you checked out the content about insert name of masterclass here. Wanted to see if you were on the list. Obviously, we, you know, that was just the gist of it. We made that very much in her voice. Mm -hmm. Um, But that was the strategy. And then once they went through the masterclass, direct follow up, looking for that testimonial, looking for that social proof, and then into the pitch that was already introduced in the masterclass and that they're getting 12 emails about. We're just using Instagram as the medium for another touch point. So for that situation, I did a very bold approach. Now for her other offers, where it's a bigger investment and it's going to be more long-term, that's Mm -hmm. where I have to coddle people. So it depends on the offer. It depends on the person. Now we're working with someone now. It's a really, really cool thing that we're doing. The entire team is on the project. It's the first time we've done this. We're doing a massive launch for someone. Um, and it's so funny because like I'll wake up in the morning and our team members that are in Europe will have like already clocked in and clocked out. And they, they've mm-hmm. like figured out that down to a science, they'll like, they clock in, they do their session and then they pass it off to the next person. Um, wow. and that's just been really cool. But that person that we're working with wants a very direct approach, like, Hey, mm-hmm. you did this thing. This is what the program is. I see that you're interested. Tell me what you need help with. Let's see if it's a good fit, period. I love it. I love that. And again, it's data. So she has abandoned carts from last time and she is just funneling that to us left and right. So we're Mm -hmm. able to reach out to those people. A great maybe later, you put it in your cart. So you were thinking about it Mm -hmm. a year ago. You weren't ready. Maybe now you are. And so asking for that data is super crucial for us. Um, I think a lot of the time for our clients, we kind of have to train them to unlearn this idea that selling is bad. Um, Mm -hmm. Most of our clients are introverts. Most of our clients 
are afraid of sales and afraid of being sold to. And that's mm -hmm. part of the reason why they outsource it because they don't want to be mm -hmm. the ones to do it, but they have no problem with someone doing it on their behalf, even though it's them. So it's, it's a very interesting dichotomy. It's different from person to person. And mm -hmm. that's what kind of keeps it fun and fresh because when we log in every day, first of all, we get to be different people, which is a lot of fun. And for <laughs> the folks fun. on my team, like that really is how we get our energy out, which is good. I mean, it's also very tiring, but oh, that's how sure. we get our energy out. Um, and, and you never know what's going to come up. You, you don't. Know. Yeah. What I think is funny is what did you just say? Oh, my, the thought just left my brain. It was so good. Oh, when people are like, um, I don't like being sold to, or I don't like selling. I don't like sales. I'm like, you're a liar. You love making money. You, you're always excited to make money. Why did you get into this if you right. didn't like sales? Like no matter what you do, you are part of a sales funnel. No matter what yeah. your job is, you are a part of someone's sales funnel somewhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like, what do you think you're doing? And you don't actually hate it. Like, let's be honest. You don't. You What you hate is what you think about it. And you made that story up and you could change your thought on selling and how you perceive it. And you could decide that it's going to be fun and exciting and make it that way. Like you get to decide. Right. But um, okay. So I want to talk to you about the maybe later strategy. I listened to yes. this this morning on a podcast when people say, I need to think about it. Do they actually have a, do like, do you have a strategy for thinking about it? And like what it, when I, like someone's like, I need to think about it. Like, okay, what is the process you use to decide if this is or isn't for you? Because as a coach and a, a certified life coach, my job is to help you make a decision. It's not for you, mm -hmm. me to sell you. It's to literally help you make a decision, yes or no. So do you have a process to decide or are you just going to spin in your own thoughts and tell yourself later and then I'm never going to hear from you again? Because if that's the case, just be honest. You, you're not going to think about it. You're going to avoid it. And then right. I'm going to have to bug you again. And then you might ghost me. And then that's annoying for me and you when you could literally just tell me the truth and I could either help you or this isn't a fit. Yeah. I, that's how direct I, I, am. I see with some people, I honestly think the average Janes and Joes of the internet who are not thinking about Instagram in this way and don't use Instagram the way that we do, they are much more candid with their yes or no. Yeah, they are happy to tell you no. And honestly, I would rather you just tell me no. Me um, but this is where data tracking comes into play. And that's why we are so big on it. And our strategists know that like you talk to someone, you put it in the system and yes. you put notes and you put that date because we need to know. I, um, I think a lot of people will be candid. I think as we've seen these shifts, and there's been so many conversations about authenticity. People are more willing to be candid. I think sometimes a little too candid. <laughs> I've seen it venture into trauma dumping um, yes. more than I would like lately. Um, and, you know, that not only weighs on my client, but it also weighs on me because I'm the one absorbing that. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think people are willing to be a lot more candid. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of the times we hear, I have to talk to my partner. Um, which Ooh. personally, hot take, I don't like that answer. Um, but that's just me. Um, I just did an I, episode on this recently because I, I have people ask um, me, how do I tell or how do I ask permission for my partner? And there's a difference between you're married and you need to have a financial conversation because you guys have a household and you have children and, and 
possibly like for me, I'm the breadwinner, like my income pays our life. Right. And so if yep. I'm going to invest $21,000 into a certification program, as I did, if I'm going to invest $50,000 into coaching, you bet me and my husband are going to talk about that. However, I don't need permission. It's just a conversation. Right. I am with you. That's it. <laughs> Nailed it on the head. Um, a lot of the time people are like, I just bought a house. That's been a big one this year because yeah a lot of service providers are in their late 20s, early 30s, mid 30s. And so they're going through these big life changes. And so they'll be like, listen, I'm getting married or I just bought a house. And so that has to be the priority right now. And they'll tell you when to check in with them again. I've seen that mm -hmm. more and more often as well. Like check in with me in six months, check in with me in Q4, Which is check great. in with me in the new year. That makes it so helpful. Mm -hmm. I also talk a lot about um, getting left on red and how that doesn't mean that the party is over because we yes. are pulled in a million different directions every day. Like yes. how many times do you open an email, a text message? I have a sticky note in front of me right now that says to answer a voice message that someone sent me literally two weeks ago because I'm so bad about it. And I'm like, oh my God, I need to answer that. But I just, I keep forgetting because then the sticky note gets freaking lost. Um, I need my okay. own tracking system for my life apparently. Um, but I have, I found that there's been a shift and people are much more open about it and they are much more direct in telling you when and why, um, mm -hmm. which I love. If they are kind of dancing around, I think engagement is something that is very intuitive and you will know. Like if you yeah. have half a brain cell, you're going to know when someone's dancing around. And I will yeah. literally write in notes sometimes, like gave a half-assed response. Like I will leave that note for myself and I'll be like, Love gave it. a half-assed response or like gave a weird response or like, like maybe, but didn't really seem into it. But mm -hmm. then I find down the line, like my client will reach out and be like, so-and-so booked. And I go look at my system and right there in the notes gave a half-assed response but they just needed to take their time and they did yeah. it on their own time and some people do and that's like i think we have to determine to like driver buyers versus like maybe slower buyers right because like for yes. me i don't need necessarily to i don't want to have a sales call like that's number one like as oh, a me buyer neither. as a buyer i'm not getting on a fucking sales call and if i have to i'm not buying like i want to make my own decisions i want to just go to the page, get the information. If I have a question, I'll ask you, you tell me the answer and then I'll decide on my own. Like I don't need to right. be coddled and handheld, but some people they do like, they need you to like talk them through that. Like you can do this. You can invest, you have the money. Like they want all of you to go through all these objections and I do it. But for me, I'm like, I just want the answers. Like I just want the facts and then I can decide for myself. That's how I am too. And I think it comes down to being aware of yourself and your yes. buyers Yes. How are you, what is your approach like? Me, I'm a very direct person. I have a big mouth. I take up a lot of space. People know that. And yep. so like, I'm just going to tell it like it is. Um, and there are people that pitch to me and I'm like, listen, it's just a no right now. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's not what I'm looking for. And I'm like, that's nothing against you. Mm -hmm. um, it's just a no from me right now. Um, I will hold people's hand if they need it because I'm also an empathetic person. Yeah. And then I feel like really bad if I don't hold someone's hand and talk them through, but also yeah. like we are not in the business of convincing other people, right? Yes. Like ultimately it there's needs a difference. to come down to them. Yeah. There is a, there's a huge difference. Like yes. there's a difference between you needing me to answer a bunch of questions, which like I'm here for that is, yes. that is my job. My job is to answer your questions. So you have all the information you need to make an informed decision. Mm -hmm. I'm here to ask you if you need support and wh what have we not covered? Where do we need to poke holes? Do you need a few days to think about it? That is all well and good, but like, yes. I am not going to sit there and spend days on days of voice messages, convincing you to mm -hmm. do this. 
Yes. Because if you really wanted it, you would ask the questions you need to ask and go for it. Yep. I agree. It means you have a mindset problem and I can't fix that for you unless you would like to do one-on-one coaching with me. Exactly. And I agree too, because with convincing I found is those are the people who don't show up to calls. They don't get coached. They don't do the work. And I'm like, you are wasting my time. Yep. You're wasting your time and everyone else in this group's time. And those are also the type of people where they will sign a three month minimum contract and you'll hear from them on their like date that they need to give you notice by. And they're like, um, I'm not seeing anything. I'm out. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I haven't heard from you in three months. I've been sending you messages every single day in Slack, I've been sending you multiple updates. You also get an email from me every month. You also have the opportunity to book a call with me every month. Then you're just saying it's not working. Well, mm-hmm. you didn't answer any of my messages. Like I, yeah. I can only help you if you meet me halfway to do your part of it, which oh is simply God. just to check in when yes. I give you tasks. Yes. I deal with this in coaching all the time. And I've even seen it from an outside perspective when it wasn't even me as the coach of like, I went through this program and it didn't work for me and they shit on the coach. And I'm like, maybe that's true, but have you held yourself accountable to anything? Like, did you do the work? Were you consistent? And most of the time it's a two way street. The coach can't do it for you. And you know, so it's just, yeah. I won't go. You can be given all the tools in the world. And unless you pick up the tools and build the fucking house, like it's not going to work. Yeah. I can give you the instruction manual. I can give you the tools, but if you don't do it, Mm -hmm. you can't blame me for that. Exactly. So we've completely like off-roaded and I've just like gotten completely rid of all of the questions because this is just too good of a conversation. So let's keep going down this road because I think everyone is going to have questions. They're going to like want to know everything. So how with engagement, do you go out and follow people first Do you wait for them to follow? How do you start the conversation? I guess that's where I'm asking. So we defer to the client on whether or not they want to follow. Some people are very adamant about the fact that they do not want us following people first. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's fine. No worries at all. Um, Some people, we actually find that they think it's weird to DM people without following them. So we follow them first. We put that into the client's hands and have them let us know about that first. So that part is a personal preference. Um, in terms of starting conversations, you need to get your foot in the door with the DMS. Sometimes that can be a welcome message. I love a good little welcome message. As long as it's fun and not stupid and not pitchy, like do not come at me and be like, hi, I'm a social media manager. If you need tips, let me know. Oh God. Yes. No, but snooze. No, bye. I follow a million social media managers. A good one? Oh, mine is a good one. I love mine personally. (laughs) So mine is, hey name, welcome to the party, pumped your hair because I refer to Instagram as a party. Um, And I say, um, do you prefer margaritas or martinis? Or no, at every every party I should have a signature cocktail. And at my party, we serve margaritas and martinis. Which one do you prefer? Um, And I actually changed it to be slightly more inclusive because a lot of people were coming to me saying they were sober. And so Mm -hmm. I was, now I say, is it, a margarita martini or a mocktail mm-hmm. oh that's a good one that's fun and i got i got that idea from a client because hers was um pineapple on pizza i don't want to start world war three and people would get so into it so i always tell people to find something that feels authentically them that mm-hmm. is a part of their personality my for the longest time Part of my branding was I'm a margarita, not a martini. If you prefer martinis, go to someone who serves martinis. 
mm-hmm. and they will take great care of you. That's a good and one. And so I that's how that's, that's how that evolved. Um, yeah. And so I, when people are like, well, what should my welcome message say? I'm like, well, what is something that you really like? And then mm-hmm. offer people the option. It's like in Barbie when it's the, the heel and the sandal. And she's like, no, you're supposed to pick the sandal. Like, it's like that. Yeah. Good. I love this because for my clients, if you're listening and you should be, and you probably are, they always want to know. And I'm like, have fun, show your personality. And they're like, I don't know what to say. It's like, it's so easy, but otherwise just find something that you can relate on. There are people out there that shit on like starting the conversation with like, your dog is so cute. No, no, no. Your dog is so cute. will take you so far because you can get into an entire discussion about your dog how you named your dog and then you're showing your personality and then you can like expand it into your family into your kids if you have kids and it just keeps growing from there the purpose of the conversation at the beginning is to establish a connection it's like online Mm -hmm. dating i will say this until i die when you swipe right on someone you typically, I don't, I mean, I haven't done this in so long, obviously, because I'm engaged and I, you haven't done this in so long because no. you're married. Um, but you know, like it, before the questions were introduced where you could directly answer questions, like you had to come up with something to say. And a lot exactly. of people like had those fun one-liners and they were like, yeah. if you could be, you know, one of these things, which would you be? It's yes. the same thing, right? Like yeah. we're feeling each other out. We're dating each other. We're yes. we're getting into the zone, you know? And so like, of course, you're going to start with things. Dogs and kids always. People love talking about their dogs. They love talking about their kids. And it doesn't get weird. Yeah. And then you can just build from there. Exactly. I think the pressure comes from when do I sell? How do I turn this into a sale? How do I convert from conversation to sale? How do like, what do they think I'm selling? And so for me, what I tell my clients, and maybe you have a different approach is just be a human, have a conversation, build a relationship. They're likely going to look at your content and your content better be selling. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. I think there is a natural progression. I don't think there is an exact science formula. I have people that come to me and they're like, okay, how do you flip it? And I'm like, well, where's the conversation going? Like it's, uh, it's yes. literally different person to person because it entirely depends on where the conversation is going. If they, if they've expressed interest in one way or another, if you're yeah. ready to take a bold approach. So like, if I see someone likes every single post, I'm going to be like, after a while, like, look, you know, we've been talking and I've been creeping on my own posts to make sure that like my data is all together. And I saw that you've been liking a lot of it. And I don't know if insert XYZ service is on your radar, but if it is, I would love to have a conversation with you about that. If it's not, no sweat, you know how I am, we're chill. And people respond so well to that. And usually it's one of two things. It's I'm actually thinking about it, but not right now, which again, we love our maybe later response, or they have put you on some sort of weird pedestal and it happens to everyone um because there will always be people who admire you and they're like oh like i felt weird about reaching out to you like i just like think so much of you and like it's crazy that you're talking to me and like people actually feel that way and i see those conversations every single day and so sometimes you just have to bring your party to the people and they will give you the answer versus you waiting it out for them Oh my God. I literally just talked about this and then I wrote an email on it. You're the leader of your business, which means you have to lead, you lead conversations. If you want more people to DM you, you DM them. If you want more people to buy, you sell, like you lead always. And you can't expect people to just come to you. That's not real life. That's not no, how it works. And we know that content alone doesn't do the job. 
Nope. There were a few months ago, Adam Masseri did his classic, you know, video of the week that scars us all. And he was like, DMs are where it's at. DMs are where it matters. Like stories into DMs, like that is the funnel that you need to be focused on. And if the freaking president of Instagram is saying that, then that's what we need to be doing. Yeah. If you I don't agree. like me DMing you, turn off your DMs. You have that option. Yeah. Or my favorite is just say, don't DM me or like just straight up, like, don't like, I just, for me, I'm just direct. Like if I don't want to have the conversation, I'm going to be like, I just don't think this interests me. I'm not and there's nothing wrong with that. But there's I like never do that too. That. I never but do that. But then people get like scarred. They're like, oh, well, one person didn't like the message. And Who my cares? response, like when that happens with clients, I'm like, I literally say there's only, there's always one. Like we had someone, um, we were working with a client, they're running a trip to LA next month. And so we're in like, you know, final run of selling. And obviously they had storms recently. And this person was like, I would never go on a trip with you. How dare you invite me to go somewhere that is hurting right now? And it's like, first of all, not it, it it was not as bad as they thought it was going to be if you actually talk to people on the ground and two whoa that feels like a lot you know you could just say no you don't have to freak out like people people say some crazy i see some crazy things like the thing i bet i could do a whole podcast episode on like the you crazy should. thing that i've seen and that people have said it is just like do it wild it's yeah, wild you should that'd be amazing yeah, I think that with um, DMs, when people are like, they didn't like it, they didn't respond, they didn't like me, they didn't whatever. I'm like, that's great. You are one step closer to someone who does and you can find the people who do. Yep. Yeah. Stop spending time on people who aren't your people. Like you can take that one out of your brain space. They, right. They're not interested. They're not going to buy. And my, my best advice to people is to start internally because there are people mm -hmm. that have been lurking for years and the time will come. This has happened to us so many times this year. People who had been in our circle of influence for two years were mm -hmm. finally like, yep, it's my time. Take my money. Yep. Okay. That just Great. happened to me too. She, it was three years of following me. And then she got into my program and she was like, I just launched my program two weeks ago. No one's buying. I was like, it took you three years to buy from me. Why do you think people are going to buy from yeah, you? Yeah. What, <laughs> what do you think you're going to do? Like you have to set the tone. If, it, if you are giving off the energy of it's going to take me three years to buy, people are going to pick up on that. Even if yeah. you don't think you're putting that energy out, you are. people will pick up on it. 100%. Oh my God. This was so good. Everyone's going to love this. And you also mentioned, um, having a podcast episode about all the crazy things you've heard. And so we yes. always end our episodes with our infamous question. If you had to write a book tomorrow, what would you write about? Would you write about Instagram or people or something completely different? So I actually, I, I gave a Ted talk last year and I think I would expand my TED talk into a full book. And it was called from six to six, from sick to six figures, um, because I have bipolar disorder. <gasps> and so it was all about my journey from getting diagnosed with bipolar disorder in college to now and running a multi six figure business. So I think oh it would be gosh. from sick to six figures, the book. <laughs> I need this book. And I think that we need to book a second episode and talk on that alone because I have Let's PTSD. Do it. I have complex PTSD and ADHD. And I thought at one time bipolar disorder. And so, oh my God, we've got to do this. Oh my we God, I would love to because I don't think yeah. there are enough mental health no. episodes on business podcasts. Yeah. And 
as much as I talk about it, like there is still so much stigma about it. And I wrote an email yeah. about it yesterday and someone responded and was like, I suffer from this. And like, this really yes. resonated with me. And I was like, mm -hmm. then I did my job. If one person replied to this email saying this helped me today, then I did my job. And not only that, since coaching, I have opened so many doors for women, their, them, their children, and their partners who are suffering from childhood trauma, abuse, um, anxiety, like the list goes on chronic yep. pain, chronic disorders, like being sick in so many different ways, but then it feels like you're going to be shunned or people aren't going to take you serious. But I have constantly said that I make multi six figures and I've got lots of mental health fucking problems. Same girl, same. And so to find that, that other people are too experiencing that, first of all, you can still be successful, but other people will be in your corner. So we've got to do this episode. I would absolutely love to, because I could talk about it for days on days on days. And it was actually one of my first forays into social media. I had a blog all about it. Yeah. And like, you want to talk about engagement. I had people coming up to me in public that I really didn't know that well, who were like, I follow your Instagram account. And like, I need you to know that like that post got me through the day. Oh my God. Like it, my it was such a beautiful time in my life. Um, but like, so many people are afraid to talk about that because they think it will prevent them from getting business. Like, yes, people, like people will feel crazy. safer. Yeah, but no, people yes. will feel safer with you because you would be shocked at how many of the people that you look up to are dealing with these things. Like, and how yes. many people that you learn from every day are dealing with these things and they're 100%. just not talking about it. Yes. 100%. I see it all the time. It just happened today in our mindset and life coaching call. One of our students brought in, I'm not going to go too in far because this is like, you know, personal, um, but her husband going through trauma and she needed help, like what to do. And instead of life coaching her, like I gave her all the resources that I had to find someone for like biofeedback therapy and all the oh. modalities that aren't talked about because it's always like cognitive therapy and that doesn't always work. And so she was like, I knew you would know. And she felt safe enough in my program and in front of the whole group to open up about this, but that has to be the norm. That's magic. That's what it's all yeah. about. That's, that is the kind of space we should be cultivating. Agreed. 100%. Okay. We're doing this. We're going to get together Sold. after this and figure it Let's out. Okay. It. Okay. Thank you again for being here. This was amazing. Can you tell Thank everybody you. where can they find you? Um, at right hand glam, literally like your right hand glam. <laughs> it is a play on your right hand woman, um, right hand woman with a side of glam. So right hand glam, right hand glam.com. Um, I'm not really on the other socials. I just, Instagram is my jam and that's where yeah. I stay because stay in your zone of genius. So come party with us. We are a lot of fun. We have a lot of different ways to work with us wherever you are in your business journey, or if you're thinking about becoming an engagement strategist yourself. Um, also just to say hi and have a virtual margarita. Why not? Yes. Um, so yeah, right hand glam. Let's party. Perfect. It will be down in the show notes. And as always for our listeners, thanks so much for tuning in.